Welcome to Demystify Magic with Molly and Madison. I'm Molly, a former skeptic turned full-time energy healer and teacher. And I'm Madison, a born and raised witch running my family's crystal shop. And we're here to explore all things woo through the lens of both science and spirituality so that you can find the moments of magic in your everyday life and create an intentional spiritual practice. So if that's what you're into, find a cozy spot, take a deep breath, and let's demystify some magic. Hello. How are ya? Hi. I'm good. How are you? I feel like it's been forever since we recorded. I know. It's been a weird month already. (laughs) I know. I was out of town and then the most recent full moon, the full moon in Aquarius, will be a couple weeks out when this episode airs. But that full moon in Aquarius, Molly and I both every day would wake up and text the other and be like, is this full moon still full mooning for you? Like, do you feel well? And the other would be like, no, I don't feel well. (laughs) I don't. I didn't. I still, I feel like I'm still reeling from it. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't had an experience like that in a long, long time of being so fully put out for days. I can normally expect to like on the day of the full moon and the new moon feel wonky, but it was fully, it's been a week. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been a rough one. If you also had a rough one, um... Let us know. We can commiserate together. Yeah, because everyone in my life was living for that full moon energy. And so I was very, I was feeling very out of sorts. You, Molly, were the only person who was like, no, this is not good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. But we are not going to talk about the full moon today. We are going to talk about altars, specifically for witchy or spiritual practices. I'm really excited about this episode because I feel like I don't know a whole lot about altars. I mean, they've been a part of my practice for many years, but I feel like I don't really know what I'm doing when it comes to altars, to be honest with you. And I feel like having seen your beautiful altar, I'm like, damn, I feel like I should step my game up. (laughs) Well, I am excited because I very recently in the past year have like gotten to put a lot of effort into my altar. I live alone now for the first time in my life. And it is a game changer for what you can do for Mm -hmm. your spiritual spaces. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about like the evolution of getting to that point Mm -hmm. of having what I think is a very aesthetically pleasing space that I love and get to give a lot of energy to and all the times that I didn't quite have that experience and how to have an altar in a spiritual space that feels good to you regardless of what kind of space you have and what parameters you're working with. Yeah. And I feel like I am the opposite. I have a very low maintenance altar. I don't even have one main altar. I have like pocket altars just spread throughout my space because I can't do a big one anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, I probably could, but I just, I don't. I'd, I'd rather do the pocket altar. So I feel like between both of our approaches, if you've been interested in setting up a spiritual space for your practice or creating an altar of your own for your ancestors or for spell work or for whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm excited to find out what you use yours for, Madison, because I'm like, I just use it as a reminder for my practice. But um, I'm excited to dive into that. But first, before we dive in, Madison, what was your magic moment of the week? Okay. So I've been holding on to this magic moment because it was actually my magic moment last week. And it's so good that I've like tabled all other magic moments that I've experienced since. <laughs> Um, it happened and it was immediate. I was like, oh, I have to talk about this on the podcast because I used the intuitive exercise that you gave on the podcast. Oh my God. Which one? 
the bookstore exercise. Oh, okay. And I won $350 using this method. This is not an endorsement of gambling. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to give I'm going to give the preamble of gamble at your own risk, but long story short, I was on a cruise with my family a couple weeks ago and there had like been a promotion that you got like basically free money to use on the cruise, but it's like fake money, you know, because it's like it's cruise money. It's cruise. It's monopoly money. It's cruise dollars. Sure. Sure. That is like essentially a bar tab, but I don't really drink. And so on the last night of the cruise, I just like had some money left over that I couldn't use anywhere else except for at the bar or in the casino. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'm in a sea of slot machines. I'm not good at poker. Like I, I don't like any like table games, I don't, mostly because I've never really played them, and I am so I live in fear of being embarrassed in a group and like doing something wrong. Everybody knows what they're doing so clearly yeah. at those tables, yeah. and they're all so serious. That. And so I was like, okay, I guess we're going to a slot machine, and it's just like rows upon rows upon rows of these machines, and I don't know where to go, and I'm feeling overwhelmed, and so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna let my intuition tell me where to sit down, and. I do exactly how you explain it in the podcast. If you didn't listen to the episode, Molly gives this intuitive exercise that you usually do in a bookstore. It's way more uh, low stakes in a bookstore. <laughs> it's in the Claire Sentience, Claire Cognizance episode from a couple weeks ago. Where you center yourself and you just literally let your intuition guide you through the bookstore until you find the book or the passage that you need to read. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, Molly... In my head, my intuition is you sometimes. <laughs> when I'm using <laughs> things that you've taught me about, I'm like, okay, Molly, tell me where to go. And I'm like walking through this casino and I can see in my head a moon mm -hmm. and I can feel it pulling me. And so I'm like, okay, like I'm looking for a moon. There are no moons. They're all just like those weird vaguely, like I don't know how to describe what all the slot machines look like, but there's, no, no, there's not a moon to be seen until I get to the very end. There's one machine and it's called Lunar Disc. <laughs> oh, my God. Wild. There's not even really a moon. It's the closest I can get. I'm like, okay, this must be what I'm looking for. Lun okay, Lunar Disc. I sat down. I hit that button one time, and I went $350. And I cashed you out. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I, I took my fake money. I turned it into real money, and I walked away. I said, I'm done here. Beautiful. I love that. Highly recommend <laughs> if you're in that very specific scenario. <laughs> I know. I feel like that that method works for pretty much anything. Like I use it grocery shopping all the time when I don't know what I should buy or what to eat. I felt so powerful in that moment. That very rarely happens to me where I'm like, oh, I am literal magic incarnate. <laughs> where I feel like I'm so used to those smaller moments now that that felt like a big, a big moment of, oh, yeah, my intuition does know what's up. And I should listen to it more. Yeah. We'd love to see it. I've been so excited to tell you about that. I was like, Molly's going <laughs> to lose it. <laughs> I'm losing it. Molly's going to ask for her 10% commission. <laughs> I know. I'm waiting. <laughs> All right. What was your magic moment this week? Oh, man. How am I going to top that? <laughs> I know. I, got, I gave you a lot to work with. I'm sorry. Damn. I, I wish you'd gotten second. My my magic moment is... um. It's just the fact that I have a new dog friend in my life. If you know me at all, you know I have a dog. His name's Woody. He's like a 30-pound uh, ball of cute, and I just love him. And he's the greatest thing in the world to me. Like, he means more to me than anything else. And so I've wanted to get him a friend 
for a few years, but I'm so worried that either he's going to hate his friend or he's going to hate me for bringing in a friend or worse, he's going to love his friend more than me. So we, we, we just haven't gotten him a friend, but, um, my husband found a dog that he was like, this would be a really good fit. And I was like, oh, that means you, you love the dog. That means you love him. (laughs) (laughs) That's code for you're in love with this dog. His name's Hercules and he's a lab dash hound mix, which is like the silliest combo. Which is if like imagine in your head what you think that looks like how silly that is (laughs) and you're right like you're exactly right that's exactly what he looks like yeah he's got a lab body and like the tiniest little dash out legs (laughs) i love him i love him so much (laughs) and uh and he's just like i i feel like when i found woody it was my greatest act of manifestation in the world maybe one day i'll tell the story but i was like nothing's gonna top this Except for the fact that we brought Hercules home. And the first couple of days, Woody was like a little bit, mm, who is this dog? You know, why does he want to play with me constantly? Herc has a lot more energy than Woody. But last night, I caught them snuggling for the first time. And I was like, my heart just melted out of my chest. And it was like, it's one of those things that's like, I every time I look at them together, I just like well up with like tears and gratitude and I'm just like how could anything in the universe be this wonderful and sweet and it's just like like my whole body responds to it I don't know it's like I can't even describe the feeling it's just like I just love them so much and I love that they love each other (laughs) they're actually behind me right now on the couch together. It's so sweet. It's actually very distracting because I am spending this entire recording looking over your shoulder at Herc's head (laughs) and he is sleeping so sweetly. His giant head. His giant head and his tiny, tiny legs. And they're like, he's like nestled into Woody's body. Like they're- It's so sweet. Like if you looked at them from the ceiling, they form a heart. Like their butts are just like together (sighs) and they're- legs are intertwined and I just love them so much and I am such a textbook cat person (laughs) and my phone has been inundated with pictures of these dogs and I'm like showing strangers (laughs) I'm like my friend got another dog do you want to see it he's so cute his name's Hercules and I'm like holding my phone up to these people and they're like okay like look at these dogs they love each other (laughs) I love them so that's been my like oh I just feel like you know, you know that scene where the Grinch's heart grows three times? Like, I feel like every time I look at them, I have that experience. Every time I look at them, I am the Grinch. <laughs> My heart My just heart's grows. been thawed. Oh, it just grows and grows and grows into the point where I can't take it anymore. It's I love them and I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for Woody. I'm so happy for you. I'm just so happy for everyone. I'm so happy for Hercules. He has a new home. He has a new home. I know. I think he likes it here. The best home. I would love to be reincarnated as a dog who gets adopted by you. Seeing how you take care of those critters. I'm like, somebody did something right in their past life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Now I'm like, I won't be able to focus on the rest of the episode because I'm just like beaming. (laughs) I know. I need you to block them so I can't I'm see. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'll move over. Okay. There we go. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. It's like they're not even there. Not even there. Not even there. All right. Let's dive into this. Let's talk about altars. Yes. So 
A basic, easy definition that you can work with is an altar is just a sacred space. Mm -hmm. It's a space, regardless of size, that you dedicate to a spiritual practice. Yeah. This can be anywhere from like a two by two inch square where you put one clear quartz to like I have evolved now into having this big piece of furniture that just has all my weird stuff on it and it's where all my weird stuff lives. <laughs> yeah, yours is like a like it's like a long bureau thing. Yeah. Right? It's almost like it's almost like a china cabinet without the cabinet. Like it's a long I bought an old dresser. That's what it is. Off of Facebook Marketplace. And it was like a set of two dressers that I honestly thought I was like going to use for my house when I moved and then didn't have like didn't have the space for it in my bedroom. <laughs> so I was like, oh, perfect. Problem solved. But I've had kind of every scope of altar throughout my life, throughout my spiritual practice. You know, I think I kind of started like when I was thinking back when we decided to do this episode, I was like, okay, what, like when was my first altar? Because I don't think I even really had the language for what I was doing when I like made my first one. Mm-hmm. And thinking back, it's probably my bedside table in college. Mm. Like that's where the box for my tarot card sat and like my crystals. I also didn't have a lot going on. Like I was, I had a very dialed down practice. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of space and I also just wasn't as deep into it. I was like, you know, 18, 19, I was focused on other things. Mm -hmm. And slowly, you know, I got my first apartment after college. It lived on my desk. You know, I had a few more tarot decks. I had a few more crystals I had a couple oils maybe, and then moving into this place, you know, that kind of desk altar moved and, you know, reformed slightly Mm -hmm. into like from apartment to apartment as I like kind of beeped around after college, you know, was trying to get my footing. And then at one point I even had like a little shelf, you know, I didn't have, when I, I was living with a previous partner and didn't have like a... I didn't do a good job of creating a dedicated space. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of had closer to what you have where things are just like kind of sprinkled throughout coming more from a place of like, how can I water this down? You know, if I spread my quote unquote weird girl stuff, like in the middle, like throughout all of the normal quote unquote stuff that's in this apartment, like, can I make it look less weird? Can I make it look like I'm less weird? Yeah. Yeah. When people come into the space. So I definitely think I backtracked a lot in that. And so that's why I think coming into this space that I have now, like my altar goes up the wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. (laughs) Um, I'm like taking up as much space with it as possible. I do want to set the precedent now that is not required. Yeah. That is not necessary. That is not mandatory. I don't think there's any more power in what I have right now to what I had when I was 19 years old with like three tumbles sitting on my bedside table next to my phone charger. Yeah, my favorite thing listening to you describe your altars is you went from small to big and I went from big to small with my altars. That is so interesting. Yeah, because mm-hmm. for me, my the first altar I ever built was when I was like deep, deep, deep into my yoga practice. It was probably like right before mm-hmm. I started taking yoga teacher training. So I was sort of like dabbling, but like very hyper fixated on like yoga and understanding the different energetic maps of the body and how I can use movement and breath and meditation and crystals to move energy through the body. And so for me, my altar was like 
almost like an anchor of my intention during my yoga practice. So I used my entire desk. I don't know why I had a desk in my like first apartment. I did not do anything desk related. It was like where you put my makeup on, you know, but I sort of like use the entire thing as a space. So I would like very intentionally spend time like laying the crystals out. And then I would have like colors and and symbols that represented the different energy centers. I really loved one of my favorite books. If you're interested in kind of learning about altars and learning about crystals and learning about the chakras, it's a book called The Book of Chakra Healing by Liz Simpson. It's a full color book. It's beautiful, but she goes through like each of the chakras, crystals that connect with it, as well as like everything else that connects with it. And then there's like a page for each chakra that's a picture of an altar and ideas for how. So it's like the root chakra, you could pull in like red cloths. The heart chakra, you can pull in like a feather to represent air, like kind of things like that. So that's really where I got started was when I was reading that book and doing my yoga practice in my my apartment bedroom. And sort of I would build this altar and then do my practice in front of it. And that would be like an anchor for my intention while I was practicing. So it started off really big. And then eventually I bought this like little triangular like corner shelf it was like freestanding but it was only like a foot tall and that became my altar and I started adding more like personal things to it so like you know I have um something that's carried through every one of my altars is a a lighter that I only use for like my spiritual practice and it has it's it has like the logo of like my favorite musician on it who has been very much like his music is a part of my spiritual practice and a part of like just my life and my journey as a whole. Like I see as sort of like this journey I've been on through his music. And then, you know, like one of my my greatest manifestations was I went to the Alternative Press Music Award show in when I was like in my early 20s. And I went to Cleveland for it and went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and bought a coaster. And so like that coaster was on my altar for years. So a little bit of like the woo, a little bit of like the sort of like memories and things that I'm really proud of kind of mixed in. But then when I got a dog, speaking of dogs, I I remember like Woody, when we first got him, he would just put everything in his mouth because he was like mm-hmm. scared and thought everything was food. And so like the first day we brought him into the apartment, he went over to one of my crystal grids and like put a red jasper in his mouth. And I was like, no, 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 no. And so I realized I couldn't have an altar that close to the floor anymore. And that like completely made it be like, where do I put it? And then, you know, I was like living with a partner and like didn't really have a designated space. So it was sort of like, okay, maybe it's like a little shelf on the wall that I have, you know, a couple crystals and like a couple things that mean something to me. And now that I have like an office in my house, I, I don't know, I didn't really feel like called to just have one space that's my altar. So I have like a mini kind of like crystal grid, my uh, tarot cards, a candle on my desk. But then in the corner, I have a shelf with like my money bowl and like some jewelry from my grandmother. And then I have, you know, crystals kind of literally freaking everywhere in here. So yeah, I think it's interesting. You went from small to big and I went from big to small in terms of our altar practice. Yeah. I also think it's interesting. Like when I look at your office through the lens of Zoom, (laughs) It feels like the entire room in itself is a sacred space. Yeah, 100%. You know, you've like created that sort of altar feel. Yeah. I mean, for me, when I made my office, I I see like my work as an extension of my practice. So the space Mm -hmm. needs to represent that. Yeah. But I'm curious in your opinion, because again, I feel like you know 
more about authors than I do. A lot of like what I do is just like shooting from the hip. But what what can go on an altar for anyone who's never like made one before or doesn't know? Mm-hmm. The easy answer is anything. Like one of the things I like most about altars and talking about altars with people is that everybody is shooting from the hip. I love like, that. There's no there's no like one definitive guide of like this is what can go on your altar. So great examples are spaces for offerings. If you do any sort of ancestor or spirit work, that's a great place to keep something that is only for them. Wait, can you dive more into that? Because I feel like I've always heard like leave offerings, but I don't mm-hmm. know what that means. Okay. So you know, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about all the clairs and I told you my oh my God, I've forgotten the word for when clear here. audience. When I told you my clear audience story about my grandfather asking for cigarettes. Mm-hmm that's an offering. He's asking for an offering, right? Because he can't like take the cigarette and go with him to wherever he is. So the cigarette now sits on my altar. Okay. So an offering is essentially any sort of gift for a spirit, a deity, an ancestor. Some people leave offerings for the fae. So it's kind of like a way of connecting with them showing gratitude yes yes it's definitely a practice in gratitude it's like a present so it's saying like if i was a smoker i would never smoke those cigarettes Mm -hmm. you know like those don't belong to me that's something that i've given to you for you to take that energy for you to sit with the energy of that tobacco (laughs) that you miss from this world Mm -hmm. that's no longer mine it just holds space on my sacred space Gotcha. So like for me, I don't I don't necessarily like resonate with like deities or like spirits or anything like that. But for me in my practice, like I have guides that I work with and some of them are ancestors of mine um, Mm -hmm. that have passed. And so it would be like sort of like a token of gratitude for the support that they bring me in like my spiritual practice and in the rest of my life. hundred percent. Yep. That's exactly it. it. Got it. Yes. So an altar is a great place for that. Even from like a utility standpoint of like anyone who comes into my house knows that you can't touch what's on my altar, mm-hmm. you know? So if I had a friend coming over that was a smoker, they're never going to be like, oh, perfect. Like Madison's left yeah, this yeah. cigarette out for me. It's like <laughs> a very, it's it's a very clear energetic boundary of yeah. like anything else, you know, like what's mine and what's not mine and what's shareable and what's not shareable. Mm-hmm. An altar is a great space for offerings for that reason as well. It's a great place to do dedicated spell work, do any sort of rituals, you know, like in the ritual kit that you have from the store that you've talked a little bit about, the creativity and inspiration kit that you did. Mm -hmm. That would be a great place to take that yellow candle that's in that kit, burn it on your altar. Gotcha. Okay. Because if you think about it, if it's a space that is filled with things that hold sacred and spiritual meaning to you, really that's like the easy answer to what goes on your altar is it's anything with spiritual significance to you. Okay. So it's a great place for spell work because it's infused with your energy. Right. So like that's where you could burn like a new moon candle or a full moon candle Mm -hmm. or whatever candle. Yes. Okay. If you have a money bowl, it's a great place for a money bowl. Mm Mm-hmm. I like to have mine on my altar as well because it's like very in my face. It like reminds me I have to walk past my altar every day. Yeah. So I'm thinking about that money bowl all the time. I'm thinking, okay, it's been a while since I've fed that thing, you know. Something very specific to me, I keep a lot of my plants on my altar. 
Mm, okay. I can't remember if I've told this story on the podcast. I know I've told it to you before because you've been there for the chronicle of my pothos. Mm-hmm. When I first moved into this apartment, my mom gifted me, I think it was like six little pothos plants, little four-inch pothos plants. And I think I've said it before that like, you know, you can tell like the state of my plants, how happy my plants are is like a really good indicator of like how well I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> mentally. And when I first moved into this apartment a year ago today, by the way. Wow. It's officially been one year today Ayo. that I live in Florida. So happy anniversary to me, these pothos. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was not doing well. And I set these pothos in a window, getting way too much sun and did not water them probably for three weeks. And they they died. Like they were dead, dead. Mm-hmm. Like I was looking at the corpses of these pothos in shame. And I was like just starting to put my altar together and, you know, starting to leave some offerings for my guides and starting to like build that more sacred space. And I was like, okay, you know what I'm going to try? I'm going to try to put these plants on my altar and I'm going to ask for some help because I feel really sad that I, you know, killed these living creatures because of my own, my own negligence due to my poor mental health. And I'll have you know, all six of those potho plants are thriving and gorgeous. Yeah, they are. We love it. I remember sending you pictures of them like starting to sprout again for the first time. Mm -hmm. Those like first little leaves where I was like, see, I'm not a bad plant mom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a recovering bad plant mom. And they're still, they're still probably, you know, they're definitely much smaller than they would be Mm -hmm. if I had been more consistent in those early times. But I love the energy of plants. I love to keep plants on my altar. I noticed that the ones that are on my altar do better than the ones that aren't. Yeah. And that could totally be the light in that spot. But even I have other pieces of furniture like around my altar that get similar levels of light where like those plants don't do as well as the one on my altar. So I like to think that it's my spirits helping me out. So I do a little bit of like a rotation of like, okay, who's looking a little crispy? Like who needs a little bit of extra love and TLC? Like you'll go on my altar for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It's like my plant rehab center. I love that. Yeah. I have I have one plant in my office now that I'm like, maybe I should build an al- altar around it. <laughs> I love it. I love I think the energy of plants really bring like <sighs> it's so grounding, like grounding mm-hmm. for the energy. And like yes. I always think of like plants for me, I know they purify like the actual air, but for me they purify the energy in a space. Like mm-hmm. you can tell when you're yes. in a space that does not have plants like the energy is a little Mm. bit more stuffy yes they make excellent wards you can ask them to you know provide protection you can ask them to cleanse the energy you can ask them to take on negative energy and transmute it Mm -hmm. yeah and like we talked about in our new moon episode which if you haven't listened you should go listen to that they can also help with manifestation Mm -hmm. yes so i love to keep plants on my altar i actually took a picture before we started recording of my altar so i could take a look and see like what's important. Oh, okay. If you take medication every day, this is like the first thing that I say to keep on your altar. Put your medication in a sacred space. Mm, I love that. I charge my medication with crystals. Mm -hmm. So like, as you know, if you listen to the podcast, I have ADHD and I take ADHD medication. I keep that medication next to a piece of fluorite on top of a piece of selenite. Mm, Nice. Because it's something that I touch every day and 
I'm not usually the best version of myself before I've had my medication. <laughs> you know, that's not the energy that I want to bring with me to the rest of the day. So I keep it on top of a piece of selenite to kind of cleanse that unfocused energy mm -hmm. and keep that off of my medication. And then the fluorite to infuse it with extra focus and extra good energy. That's a great idea. Yeah, I keep like, um, I have some like room sprays and oils and like oil rollers and things like that that I'll use that I keep on my altar mm -hmm. so they can be like infused with that energy. I also keep any kind of like smoke cleansing tool. So I'm like staring at my my money bowl right now and I have two sticks of incense that are like half burned just like sticking out of it because I think we talked about the fact that I can't handle a whole <laughs> stick of incense <laughs> uh-huh yes but I keep those um I always have crystals I think altars are a great place for crystal grids if you're not familiar with mm -hmm. grid work it's yes. just a practice of strategically placing crystals in Usually it's symmetrical, but it doesn't have to. But in a in a shape with intention is how I describe it. So, I mean, there's lots of like methodologies behind like sacred geometry and like different shapes. But like for me, when I was first creating an altar, it was just a matter of like, okay, what crystals do I feel called to use and where do I feel like putting them? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it would be a circle and sometimes it would be like a splatter painting and mm -hmm. But for me, I think like that's why I have such a strong connection to crystals is because I didn't put a lot of like rules or frameworks around like what does my grid look like and just turn my altar into a giant crystal grid and just yeah had fun with it. Let it be playful. Let it be intuitive. Let it be just like something that I spent time with rather than like, I don't know. I feel like for me, this is maybe an aside, but I feel like when you put a lot of rules around crystal grids, it becomes like mm, sort of like a, a coloring book. You know, mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, I have to color this orange and I have to color this green. And mm -hmm. then it's like five minutes is gone and you're like, OK, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you don't have an orange colored pencil, then you're screwed and you can't yeah. you can't color this picture. You can't make this crystal grid mm -hmm. versus like when you're making a crystal grid just from your intuition, you can spend time with it. You can actually enjoy the process of making it rather than like trying to follow instructions and for me, that was that was what my altar was first and foremost, was just like a mm -hmm. big old crystal grid that I added other things to. Yeah. And altars are 100% the same thing. I think it's very easy to get caught up. And especially if you follow a lot of spiritual creators on social media, seeing the aesthetics mm -hmm. of an altar space and seeing like, you know, even me giving you a list of everything that I keep on my altar, seeing that as like a grocery list of what you now have to do. And I really want to drive it home that it is the altar works for you. You do not work for the altar. Yeah. Yeah. I really wish I was more into crystal gridding because I have so many crystals on my altar and they're more so arranged in a way that I think is pretty, which I guess like there could be an argument there that it is just a crystal grid, but there is no like, there is no geometry to it. It is just like, they're just placed there and I like them. They're not mm -hmm. really there. Like it's my, it's where my favorites go. For me, really mm -hmm. my altar also is such a place of self-expression. Mm, yeah. That's what it is above all else. That's why like it's things that I love the most that are there mm -hmm. rather than like things that I feel work best together. And I think that's where some people will find difference as well. Like for some people, an altar is purely utility. Um, I'd love to talk about later. It's funny, we decided to do this episode and then I went to one of the new moon gatherings that we have at the store every month. And someone had brought in their mini altar 
cute. Just to show everyone. And it's in like a little Altoid can. I'd love to talk more about like that sort of stuff where like the like the pure utility of it that some people enjoy mm-hmm. versus like the extravagant aesthetic, like making it, you know, beautiful and having, you know, like my money bowl is in this like old vintage glass piece I found at a yard sale mm-hmm. where it used to be in a mug, you know, and they're the same thing. I just like, I like to find weird old things. And if that doesn't speak to you, that's totally fine. Yeah. What are like the do's and don'ts of altars? Ooh, it's I'm hard pressed to find a don't is my honest initial response. My initial don't is like, don't just like make something that someone tells you to make or like don't follow that yes. grocery list, right? Like don't just like yes. kind of follow what a book tells you to put on your altar. Mm-hmm. 100%. Don't just follow what someone else is doing because they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Do take your time. You know, I spent years and years with a couple crystals and a tarot deck on my nightstand because nothing else had spoken to me really. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be in that space or in a version of that space. It's okay to not have it take up half your house. <laughs> don't don't compare yourself to what other people are creating. Mm-hmm. Do make it work for the space that you have. So for example, I have my altar in my house. We also have an altar in the store. <laughs> I'm sorry, Molly just Molly just turned around, turned away from me mid-sentence to take a picture of these dogs. I'm sorry. Just look at And I know you looked at me as if I was going to move on and not say anything, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do that. Just look at them. It is really cute. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was listening though. I promise. I know. I know you were. I trust you were. Okay. Okay. Let me start that over. (laughs) You an altar in the store. <laughs> yes. So for example, I have this large altar in my house on this big piece of furniture, this big dresser. We also have an altar in the store. Obviously, what we choose to give square footage to in the store versus what I give square footage to in my house is very different. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when it's like what's for sale versus what isn't for sale. Right. So we have a small little cabinet that we thrifted. And took the doors off of. And so it's just like a few shelves. And we've opened it up to anyone who works in the store can bring anything that has sacred significance to them that they have they feel comfortable having in the store. Cute. And put it on the altar. One of my favorite silly examples of something that's on the altar in the store is Rachel, who I think listens to the podcast. Hi, Rachel. Has a crystal that has a lump in it. That she uses to like get knots out of her muscles, like massage her legs. (laughs) And she keeps that on the altar because she experiences muscle fatigue more often at work than at home. That's so good. And so like that's a great example of like things for utility, like an altar used for utility. Yeah. Because we also have like some plates from my great grandmother Mm -hmm. from her house, like on that altar, you know, like things that hold a lot of significance just for being there yeah and then on the flip side we have this crystal that holds significance for like what it can do literally physically for you in the moment (laughs) I love that I love that I think I thought of a another don't that just came to me because I was thinking of like altars in public spaces like you have Mm -hmm. that one in the store I'm thinking of you know all the yoga studios that I've gone to that have like little altars Mm -hmm. I think something that's really important is to make sure that if you are including things that are 
you know, like statues of deities and things like that, that you do research on the cultural significance of those mm-hmm. pieces. I'm thinking of specifically, you know, like yoga studios will often have like Buddha statues or um, statues of Shiva or Ganesh on the floor, mm-hmm. which is kind of like, mm, like not like it's very disrespectful to yeah. the Hindu religion to have those um, sacred statues on the floor, not to call any like mm-hmm. studio out, but just like to let you know, you know, if you're, especially if it's statues of, of deities, making sure that you do research on like the cultural history, making sure that you're not inadvertently appropriating that culture or disrespecting that culture as you're building your altar, which I think is something that, you know, I personally had to learn when I was um, building my first, my first altars, you know, I had those statues and things like that. And as I did more research into the history and realized that like, uh, this is maybe not like the best fit for me to have on my altar. Just know that like that growth, you're allowed to have that growth and you're allowed to like Mm -hmm. learn and change what your altar is based on like what you learn, especially when it comes to like the cultural appropriation piece, I think is so important because even though your altar is for you, it is sort of like this energetic representation of like your values and um, wanting to make sure that the energy that you're putting out into your altar also represents the energy that you're putting out into the world and creating that sacred space where you're not doing harm inadvertently. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm like walking around this. <laughs> no, that makes sense. And that's such a good point. I don't do a ton of deity work. Yeah, I don't either. I was just thinking Especially of- with other with other religions. And so that isn't even something that I'd considered, but that's a really great point. So thank you for bringing that up. Another thought that I had, oh, also, an energetic representation of your values is such a great phrase (laughs) that I will be taking with me when I talk about cultural appropriation. That is such a graceful way to say it, and it's putting words to something that I haven't quite been able to express. So thank you for giving me that. Yeah. That's such a, I love that phrase. I just came up with that because I'm, I'm not going to lie. When I first, like I said, like my yoga practice influenced my altar practice. So for me, it was like, you know, obviously like mm-hmm. yoga has roots in India and the Hindu culture. And it was not, I didn't even think of it. I was like, yeah, I need, I need these statues because that's what's in all of the yoga studios. And then like, as I started mm-hmm. to learn more about cultural appropriation and close practices and the history, I was like, ooh, that is not like, that doesn't make sense on my altar anymore. That doesn't even make sense in my yeah. house anymore. And so finding like, just knowing that like your altar can change and grow as as you grow and there's no like shame in that as you're like learning to 100 percent, and that's such a great tie-in too to like not just blindly following what other people are doing Mm -hmm. you know like taking things seeing something on a public altar like that and thinking that you have to have it on your altar because you share similar values with the people who made that altar in that yoga studio that's like you know i think that's an interesting way of looking at it too something else i thought about while you were talking is a good don't to keep in mind when you see other people's altars, even altars in public spaces, is to honor that same sacredness that you feel towards your own altar. Know that the other people feel that towards theirs and to treat that altar with the same level of respect. Yeah. And to, you know, not touch without asking or if there's like, you know, express permission. Mm -hmm. Also on the other side of that, if you're putting things on a public altar, don't put anything on a public altar that you are not comfortable there being miscommunication and something being touched. We have crystals 
on our altar at the store that people try to buy at least once a week. Yeah. Even with signage, even with like, you know, like a clear energetic and physical boundary, like Mm -hmm. it's not easy to access our altar. If you're a customer, it still happens. And so people are well-intentioned. People, you know, I've, I've never had somebody like read the sign that says, hey, this is special to us. Please don't touch and be like, well, I'm going to, you know, throw this around anyways. Yeah. Like it's often, it's always very well-intentioned people who like, I don't blame them. Like we're in a crystal store. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> you see a crystal, you think it's for sale. But when somebody comes up to me, it's always so uncomfortable to have to be like, that's actually not for sale. It was on our altar. And then they see the sign that in big letters says, please don't touch. And then they're like, oh my God. And it, everybody's embarrassed and everybody's yeah. awkward. And we just, and I'm like, no, it's really not a big deal. Everything's fine. <laughs> so like on both sides of that coin, you know, if you see a public altar, I would say make the assumption first that you can't touch it. Yeah. And if you're putting something on a public altar, be okay with somebody might touch it. Yeah. You know, I know that sounds like counterintuitive and like I'm, you know, I'm going against myself. But it's just, you know, it is the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What about upkeep for altars? Is there anything that, because I know we talked about offerings. Do you need to refresh the offerings? Do you need to cleanse the space? Like how often should you switch it up? How does that work? How do you keep it up? So I often switch up my altar with the seasons, Um, specifically, specifically with like major holidays, which sounds strange until I explain. Okay. (laughs) Something that I keep on my altar that I forgot to talk about is my grandmother, my mom's mom, is a big Hallmark lady, like loves a Hallmark ornament, loves a figurine. Cute. And gifted me, like let me go through all of her little figurines. She has these like little animal figurines. I feel like I've talked about them on the podcast before, but maybe not. They're the cutest things ever. They're like little mice and little raccoons, like little woodland creatures, Mm -hmm. but like doing human activities. And she let me a couple years ago go through and like pick the ones that I wanted. And so those go on my altar. So I have some for like Valentine's Day. Like I have a Valentine's Day altar, which I don't don't know. I don't know anyone else who does that. (laughs) But I have the most figurines for Valentine's Day because they're the cutest ones because they're all just little little woodland creatures in love. Like I don't Mm -hmm. know who doesn't want that in their house. I don't follow Christianity. I have an Easter altar because there are Easter figurines. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> Halloween is my favorite. We are entering the era where I am about to switch out from my like spring summertime figurines <laughs> to my Halloween figurines. So I'll take you through what that looks like for a good idea of spiritual upkeep. So in the next couple of weeks, I might push it off a little bit longer because um, I don't know if you've heard, but there's a heat advisory in Florida. It's not really giving fall right now. <laughs> so you might get to do this a little bit earlier than me. And if that's true, congratulations. I'm very happy for you. Um, sad for me. But maybe when we leave this heat wave, I'll take my spring summertime figurines off my altar. I have some like, you know, throughout my house as well. I'll take those down and I'll bring out the Halloween ones. When I do that, I'll usually take everything off of my altar Mm -hmm. and I'll like give it a good dust. A big do of your altar is do know that it will get dusty. Yeah. Uh, Because it is a lot. I mean, it's just a lot of stuff, you know? So I'll give everything like a good wipe down, a good dust, give it like a physical cleaning, Mm -hmm. and then I'll give it a spiritual cleanse. So I'll often use Florida water or moon water and give it just like a good little spritz give it a nice wipe down, maybe do a little bit of smoke cleansing. Mm -hmm. I'll refresh my offerings. So, you know, pull out a new cigarette. (laughs) 
<laughs> I need a new example. I also give coffee grounds. It feels so weird to be like, and I put my cigarette on my altar. Um, but I'll throw out the old coffee grounds and I'll grind new ones. I'll grind some fresh ones, put that, put my cigarettes, have that refreshed, wipe down the individual items themselves. Usually I'll sometimes smoke cleanse the items. That's like kind of like an every once in a while thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I would say like maybe twice a year, I like really cleanse everything on the altar. Mm -hmm. Normally, it's just the space itself. You know, I spend a lot of time there, so I'm imparting a lot of my energy on it. I want to make sure it's just the energy that I like to bring into my daily life, you know? Yeah. So a good wipe down, a good spray, a good smoke cleanse, and then... I'll do some rearranging. I'll do some refreshing. This is when I'll like kind of look and be like, okay, like this plant has had a lot of time on the altar and it's thriving. I can maybe move it to a different spot in the house Mm -hmm. and look and see who like maybe needs a move around. Moving my plants, doing like any kind of care for my plants is very, very spiritual for me. So that's a big part of it as well. You know, Mm -hmm. that's like also time when I'll be like, okay, like who needs a repotting? Like, you know, I kind of, I kind of take it into the whole house yeah. Because if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'll often, I'll sometimes like play sound cleansing audios on YouTube, you know, mm-hmm. like have that going as I do the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like kind of make it, I make it like a whole evening ritual because it's something that for me, especially like the changing of the figurines is very fun for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like that guy on TikTok who does the uh, costumes on the goose, you what? know, <gasps> you don't know that guy. No. There's this man who has... <laughs> I'm sorry, this is such a left turn, but it's actually really important to me that you know who this is. (laughs) There's a man on TikTok who, this is why we don't do episodes where I lead the discussion. (laughs) There's this man on TikTok who has like a life-size goose statue and he puts outfits on it for the seasons. And you've never sent me one of his videos. I'm I I actually can't believe. I'm upset and appalled. This podcast can't I'm feeling like... I'm feeling like I'm living in an alternate university because I feel like we've like, I feel like we exchange these videos. No, absolutely never. I've seen the goose that goes through the Starbucks drive through that eats the strawberry water. Oh, and you haven't sent me that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I've never seen that goose. And that's a real goose. Okay. Anyways, well, well, we have some videos to exchange later, but the changing of the figurines is like very fun for me. Mm-hmm. And so I get to bring that sort of fun energy into all of it. That's a big suggestion that I have. If like, because I'm like not a person who cleans well. Mm-hmm. This might surprise you if you, you know, listen to the podcast and know much about me and my ADHD. Bringing that element of fun into it of like, okay, now I get to move things around and I get to decorate this thing that I love and give a lot of energy to. That makes it a little bit easier to do. So if like the idea of introducing something into your space that you have to like dust regularly and clean is hard for you. I totally get it. And it is one, worth it. And two, it's more fun than normal cleaning. I'll clean my altar knowing full well that there's like a stack of dishes in the sink that need doing. <laughs> yeah. It's a great one of those tasks that like feels really productive. And so you can do it when you're avoiding other tasks that you like know you need to do more. <laughs> yes. See, I take it, I take a different approach to upkeep of my altar because I feel like because they're spread out throughout my office my energy and like my state of focus is like intertwined with the energy of my altars 
altars, mm-hmm. plural, my pocket altars throughout my space. Your pocket altars. That's so cool. And so for me, I feel like when I'm in an energetic space where I'm struggling to focus or I feel kind of like, mm, you know, when you feel just like your brain is going in 17 different directions and you can't bring it to one spot. Mm-hmm. that's a sign for me that I need to refresh my altars. Yeah. Because so much of them, like they, they're literally in the four corners of my space almost. Like there's one on each wall. Mm-hmm. And so I just go and I don't do like a big fancy, like they're small. So it's like, all right, I pull out my stuff. I wipe it down. I do a smoke cleanse. Sometimes I'll like Reiki charge the grids or the plants or the money bowl or whatever. And then I do like a big, big refresh where I like completely empty out my money bowl and like refresh all of that and like change out the crystals maybe like once a quarter. But usually it's like once a month to like every other week, I'll do like a mini refresh. And the one on my desk, I change all the time just because I'm staring at it all day. So it's like right now I have like a tarot card that I pulled last week that I'm probably going to switch out and like a couple of oils that I've been using this week that I will be switching out probably next week in like a crystal grid and a candle. And it's like, I'll switch those out based on like my intention for the week. But then like the corner altars are more like, mm, I'll switch things out like seasonally and like clean it and cleanse it once a month. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's also something important to like keep in mind. If you're building an altar for the first time, like how often do you want to feel like you need to do upkeep, right? Like if it's going to feel overwhelming to you to have so much you know, that you feel like you'll need to dust and clean and cleanse. And if that feels really overwhelming to you, like maybe a small space like that where you just do a mini refresh whenever you feel like you need it. Yeah. Like that's allowed to, like those are, that's a parameter that you're allowed to use to decide how you're going to create your altar. Mm-hmm. And then the last question that I have that I feel like someone is asking, listening to this, so I'm just going to say it. What do you do with the altar? So you've built it, you've kept it up, you've put your offerings. What do you do with it? That is such a good question that I both have a million answers for and like feel dumbfounded by. (laughs) I know. I was like, I don't know where this question is coming from. If you were the one asking that while you're Mm -hmm. listening to this, please let me know because your voice is in my head. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So for me, the altar is there. One, to give me a space that is always like primed and ready for me to access my spiritual practice. Okay. You know, because I have ADHD, my life and my house and my home surrounding my altar can be very hectic and feel very cluttered and feel very overwhelming. For me, my altar is a space that I can go to and be in and be around that grounds me, that calms Mm -hmm. me, and that I know I can always access my practice because that space, because I don't let anything touch it, that isn't intentionally being put there. It's a, it's the one space in my house that can't get cluttered. Yeah, yeah. Because there are firm rules mm-hmm. that I've created. You know, like those are boundaries that I've set with myself. And, you know, so honestly, sometimes it feels like boundaries that my spirits have set with me <laughs> of like, hey, right. we know that you clutter spaces. This is a space that is not allowed to have clutter. And for some reason, that really works for me. For me, it, it stands as one, a reminder, and two, like almost like a portal where I can always Mm. access that energy. Okay. Regardless of what's going on. To me, it's also a symbol of my own self-expression. So we're actually going to post some pictures on our individual social media so you can find our 
That's in the show notes. Um, mine will be on my stores page at the Healing Hedge Witch. But we're going to post some photos of our altars so you can kind of see what we're talking about. So when I say like my altar goes up the wall, I mean, I have um, I have a couple cards that I've framed for my very first tarot deck. Hmm. And I have like, I have connections to all of my family members, like all of my closest family members and like like some of those ancestors through my altar. So I have my grandma's figurines. I have cigarettes for my grandpa. I have a picture of my dad and I have a card that my mom wrote me on the wall, like in a frame. I think she wrote it to me mm. when I was like 16. She saw it when I hung it up and she was very surprised I still had it. <laughs> but it's so large like that and takes up so much space because it also to me is a reminder that I get to take up space, that my practice gets to take mm. up space. I spent a lot of time as my as my spirituality grew, I had a lot of like there was this cognitive dissonance of my power and my practice and my connection to spirit growing and mm -hmm. also this desire to make it seem smaller for the comfort of other people. Yeah. And I think really when I get down to it, my altar is so large and so it's right by my door. Like you physically can't miss it. You have to know who I am to enter my space. Yeah, you, you can't yeah. leave my space without knowing who I am. And I think it is so big like that because I needed that. I needed that reminder. I needed to make my I needed to take up space. Yeah, I love that. So it's like an energetic and physical representation of like yes. where you are on your journey uh -huh. right now. And so that's yes, that's 100% what it is for me. You can take whatever part of that that you need for you and for your altar. If you just need a sacred space to do ritual work. If you just need a place that feels sacred to leave offerings, it's also allowed to just be those things. You know, it doesn't have to be so tied intrinsically to who you are like mine is. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier about the person who brought in this mini altar into the store, I have a lot of respect for that. And I think that that's so cool and so smart so she came and she opened it and it had like, it was literally an Altoid can with the label torn off. I love it. Like just a little tin with a tiny bottle of salt, a tiny bottle, I think maybe of like rosemary and oil and maybe like two or three crystals. That's so cute. And my mind was blown. It was so great. She can take it with her everywhere she goes and she can put it away when she doesn't need it. And so if that is what makes the most sense for you, if the things that hold the most sacred energy for you, the things that you have such a spiritual connection with, if those fit in an Altoid can, fucking put them in an Altoid can. Yeah. Like that is so cool and so easy and so fun. Mm -hmm. And if you are down to share with us pictures of your altars, I would love to see them. Slide them into my DMs. Same if you have any other questions about altars. I would love to chat about them. I just love to see what other people have and are doing mm -hmm. because it's such a it's such a cool insight into who someone is and what mm -hmm. they value and what their spiritual practice is like. And that's something I love to learn about when I meet someone new. That's what I love about the store. That's what I love about the gatherings that we have is that I get to meet so many people who have such fulfilling and interesting spiritual practices that look nothing like mine. And it is so fucking fun. Yeah. We love to see it. I love altars. 
Love it. All right. I think we did it. I think we did. Let us know if you have any other questions or if there's any other topics you want us to do a little bit of a deep dive into like this. All right. Until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Demystify Magic with Molly and Madison. If you want to learn more about us, you can find all our links in the show notes. We'd love to know what you think of today's episode. So drop us a review or give us a shout out on social media. And don't forget to let us know your magical moment of the week. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye.